Welcome to another episode of the Fat Easy Muskie Podcast. I'm Andy, brought, uh, joined by Vance in front of the Ranger, Todd Young on speakerphone, and someone who we'll introduce later. Um, <clears throat> this podcast is brought to you by Baker Bakes. Zach Baker, he makes some really nice bakes, don't you think? I, I, I do think that. So does Todd. Todd, do you think that? Yes, sir, for sure. He's got a bunch of different sizes. Uh, he has his own great Facebook look, page. Great looking paint, paint jobs. Yeah, the Facebook page is pretty cool. I get a whole bunch of notifications. Of uh, now, that's an invite only, I believe. That is an invite only. That's the all about Baker. It's all about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a new uh, that's a new thing that just started popping up, and uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. People were showing a bunch of the older stuff Zach did, some of the new new stuff he's sending out. I mean, they just keep looking nicer and nicer, and they're just catching fish. I know I was lucky enough had fished a couple days here last week or week before. And, uh, you know, the first couple of days when that came out, the first two days I got to fish, we got a fish each day on a baker, and I took a picture in the net and said, this is what happens to me most. Every day I troll, really, I'm not making that up. <laughs> and they were both first fish for clients, so. My... Goldie Baker's hard to beat. The other one was on one of the seven and a half inches, and uh, I'll just continue doing that once they get back to fishing here on Tuesday. Nice. My favorite photo on that website so far was your little spring-mounted musky on that you keep on the dash of the Lund? Oh yeah, with the Goldie. Yeah, with the Goldie. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what people. What? what yeah. Somebody else jumped in and was like, "I don't know what that is." Yeah. Yeah. Who wants? People probably always ask for that Goldie, and that, and more often than not, ask for that spring musky thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> to take that home, how much do you want for that? Todd, you should start one of them auctions that they have on the flea market or whatever for, like, the Goldie yeah. Baker and just to see. Okay, I'll, I'll come clean on this. I've had tons of people ask me, where did I get the little bobble musky that's on my dash? Anybody who's fished with me has seen it, and it gets photographed all the time and videoed all the time. I said, that, we picked that up at Mike's Worm, Mike's Worm Warehouse in Bob Cage in Ontario. They were, like, $5.95 a piece of Chinese junk to be honest but uh <laughs> it was sitting there when I was getting a license picked one up and i've actually was back there probably four or five years ago stopped in specifically to ask him about him and, and he said that uh you know some salesman just stopped in and had all kinds of things dropped them off you know i've had a, I've had a lot of people ask about that those crazy things and i said the same thing i said i could have probably sold a hundred of them by now. but uh <laughs> You know, but for five ninety five, what are you supposed to do? We could make them. Like, we could bolt that little musky out of any payment. But it, they'd have to be like thirty bucks. <laughs> thirty bucks you know, or more. But uh, new for this show season. Some little things, but uh, yeah, that's China for you. But uh, that's where it came from. Good luck finding one. <laughs> Just like that, Goldie Baker. Baker, where would you go to buy him? I'd probably call Zach. But. I ignored, I ignored maybe Team Rhino. I think they they stopped him too. Yeah, but if you got to have Zach's number to call him, which yeah, kind of brings us well, kind of brings us to our guest. Hey Zach, are you here? <laughs> yeah, I'm here. Listening to you guys. Been here trying to be quiet. <laughs> we we did an all right no, job guys, there. Good evening, good evening, Vance. Good evening, Andy. Good evening, Todd. Uh, thank you very much. Honored to have you on. Um, you know, considering all the 
you guys have good people on all the time. And, you know, coming back second time, you know, absolutely is thrilled, honored, um, delighted, you know, to be on. So it's, uh, well, I mean, we, we felt obligated. I mean, I got a brand new 621 here from your sponsorship money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so did I, too. I canned that nightmare of a boat. Yeah, yeah. So, Zach, what, uh, what, what's the big thing? What you been working on? I, I see some big 12-inch baits creeping out there with some big metal lifts and that. Uh, you know, what, what brought that about? What, what brought that about? Um, a couple of times fishing the St. Lawrence. I went up there, and uh, it reminded me of where it started, you know. Uh, I started up on the French River up in uh, Canada, a couple trips in a row with my father. And uh, going up to the St. Lawrence, I quickly realized, you know, people fish differently. And, um, you know, you're looking at hose baits, you're looking at people using the big grandmas. You know, and it's um, it's a place I fell in love with. I mean, uh, when you can look in the water and see 30-foot down, and uh, the fish, I mean, the density is horrible. You know, you're not going to have a, a five, six fish day there. It's just not going to happen. But for me, when you when you go there, you just get that neat feeling like uh, like you're stepping on the turf at the Super Bowl. You know, like, like it's sort of like here in Illinois. You know that something special can happen. It will happen eventually. You just got to be there. And, yeah. um, you know, and, and you're fishing for big fish. Um, and you need a bait that can get 20 foot down. And, you know, there's certain criteria. So the 12 inchers, um, they, they've been fun. You know, being a bigger bait, it gives me more room to play around with the paint jobs. You know, I've, I've made so many 5 inchers, and you got to cram stuff in there. And, you know, with the, with the 12 incher, it's like, wow, I've got all this room. I'm sure you guys feel that way when you do the 10 inch uh, rafters. You, you know, after doing a run of regulars, you're like, wow, I've got all this extra room. That, that's what I think when I when I paint those six inch rafters. Mm. It's the it's like I'm squeezing that airbrush extra hard because but there's you know what I mean. yeah, there's yeah. no room to wiggle. You don't want to you can't I remember screw up. saying I had a hard time getting these you know the stripes on these sixes. They're so small, you know. So yeah. Yeah, for sure. I can see what you mean there. You've got a big side to work with. You can really get into some detail and show it. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I also look at a lot of the Canadian painters. You know, those guys, uh, they do a lot of hand painting. That's new to me, and it, it, it's how they rediscover, you know, painting base again. I was, you know, I painted so many fire tigers and, you know, stuff like that. that um, I always wondered, how do these guys do that? Stuff. And it was sort of opening Pandora's box, and um, you know, it's not like I'm an artist. I never painted anything before I was a fisher lawyer, so this is all new to me. And it's, it's like rediscovering paint making all over again. It is. It's it fresh. You're ridiculous. You're not an artist. Yeah. Ridiculous. <laughs> and I'm not a podcast you know, host. You know what's yeah. funny is that joke with everybody. I can't paint a straight line. If you pay me ten dollars to paint you a straight line, I can't do it. <laughs> you know, but um, yeah, but the, but around here, people the, like crooked that, lines. What was that, Andrew? Around here, people like the crooked lines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, you know what's funny is often when making base, it's not how good a how good a painter you are, it's how good you can cover up your mistakes. <laughs> you understand that? You know oh, I mean? black, oh, black's a great color. Black is easy to paint, but there's nothing to, to layer over it 
you know, like on the on the baits that have many colors, like the mud puppy and the crappies and stuff. Mm. I, I can let some imperfections slide on the lower coats because those are going to get two or three different paint on top of it. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. You you do black. You know, I've always thought on those bait competitions that you send your bait in and they're going to vote on it. If you could do a flawless black, the bait makers would look at that and say, you nailed it. But most people just hey, gloss black, it hey, over. Black and all pearl. Pearl is so everything. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's tough when it's, it's just... Not, it's nice talking to someone that's painted a bait, so, so you know what I mean. I mean, I've never painted the perfect bait. If I ever do, I'll... I'll stop. I mean, there's imperfections and everything, and it's just, you just have to be happy with, with what it is. And uh, I had fun. Today I painted up uh, some raptors to you guys, and uh, mud puppy of all colors. And um, that thing, I just shook my head, and I go, these guys had all the colors I could paint mud puppy. But I was, I was happy <laughs> doing that. I was happy doing that. I tried some different stuff, and... Um, I knew it was for you guys, so I, I was happy to do it. Well, you better get comfortable painting that color, because we're going to be ordering a lot of them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> hey, and it fits all the criteria. You know, you got to talk about Goldie and this and that. That Mud Puppy, um, I did a couple for this summer. I think I did a half dozen. And I heard back from a couple of them that they caught fish. So, uh, you know, that color, if you came off with it, give you 110% credit, but it, 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 it fits the criteria. You know, it's got the yellows, it's got the browns, and it's got the gold. And it seems like, at least up here in the Northeast, whether it's Chautauqua, whether it's, you know, up in the islands, whatever, it's, it's a natural color. It represents so many different things that, uh, you know, it's, it, it, it's good. It's good. And you came off with it, and... You By know, accident. By accident. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Like uh, when people are looking to get lures from like uh, from Team Rhino, what does Team Rhino carry? If you're just a five five inches, uh, Team Rhino, it's it's tough to keep up with them. What's what's funny is it's, I'll spend a month making them bait, and then they're gone in three days. <laughs> you know what about the other what about the other twenty seven days? You know that's that's yeah. something. Hey, absolutely thrilled. It's, it's more than anyone could have ever asked for once they, you know, decided to ever make the bait. You know, it's, it's absolutely thrilled. You know, but from my standpoint, I, I try to get, what I'm trying to do is go with the season. You know, in the springtime, I'm going to try to make the smaller bait. Summer, the five-inchers. Right now, I'm done making five-inchers. I'm doing the uh, seven-and-a-half-inch deep diver in the, in the swell. Um, I'm trying to just follow the fight, you know, in progress. Yeah with this season the best I can. I'm always behind. But, um, yeah, that's, that's what I'm doing. Let's go back to that 12-inch that and that, with that metal lip. Are you just doing them with the metal lip? I, I, I find it balances it out so much better. Um, the metal lip, also, we're dragging them, you know, hitting bottom nonstop um, up in the same Lawrence last weekend. And... Just to look at the views that took, I, I would question what a what a left-hand lift would do. Mm -hmm. um, yep. You're looking at a big, heavy, you know, these things, they're, they're seven ounces. I mean, that's almost a half pound. If you're hitting stuff going four miles an hour, you know, it's, it's, it's getting beat up. Um, but one of the original prototypes I made was with a quarter-inch left-hand lift, and that's what actually got this thing going. I sent it to a buddy out in um, Minnesota, and he happened to be on Mill Lock. 
I've never done, you know, Minnesota. It's one of those bucket list things. But uh, they got big fish, and they got big fish in numbers that we don't see out here. Uh, yeah. You're talking about single people that do 25 to 30, 50 inch fish a year. We don't see that out here. You know, but the, the the big names out in Minnesota that have these big leech lake strain muskies, they're, they're putting fish in the boats like we don't, I've never seen. And um, the guy that's using the 12 inch there, you know, during the early part of the season, these big fish will suspend up high with the Cisco's. And one person had, I forgot how many 50s on one day. Um, I, we're pushing like 10, 11 you know, 50s on one bait. And um, that's what sort of sprung the 12-inch going. All of a sudden, it's funny, I'm sure you guys see this, it's regional how you saw your muskie lures. Muskie lures are all regional. You know, so you guys right. in Pennsylvania, I'm sure it's New York, Pennsylvania, Ohio, maybe a little bit of West Virginia, occasionally Wisconsin. You know, mm -hmm. for me, it took me forever to break out of New York and Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania was absolutely, you guys treated me wonderful. Nothing but nothing but the utmost, you know, for you guys in Pennsylvania. You're the reason I'm still making baits. <laughs> so, so these big baits come out, you know, all of a sudden, Minnesota. These guys can't get baits big enough. They're asking me about 16-inch baits. And they're, and they're serious about it. You know, and they wanna, they wanna, they're looking for big fish. And it's something that I, I know nothing of. It's all new to me. Um, because it's regional, you know. I was going to ask you about the 24-inch bait. <laughs> yes, oh, I saw a Tootsie, the president of our Muskie Ink Club. He made, uh, I think, a six-footer, 72-inch. Absolutely the neatest thing you ever saw. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have seen him. No, I haven't. I think I've seen a, I think I've seen a picture of that. Yeah, he probably started with, what, a 2x6 or 2x8. And then he glued them together. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was just a through wire. He did looking bait, yeah. They had 20 aught mustads. 20 aught. Got to make you ever get hooks. We, you know, we, we play around. Andy and I even have a hard time finding some, some, some of the hooks that look right on some of those big baits, you know? The hooks are always hard to seem to see. Because a lot of them have such a long shank to them. I know that's just for a, for a show thing. But even, even your bigger baits, you know, a lot of times the hooks are so long. It's hard to get the three hooks on there without entangling, you know. Uh, I know it, 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 there's a lot of guys struggle. A lot of times I see big baits, and I look, and I just, I don't like the hooks on them, you know. Uh, you know I was the same way. I, I started, I tried putting three odd hooks on You know, and you look, you personally were the one that told me you need bigger hooks, not only to, you know, yeah. to, to catch fish, but to also yeah. sometimes you need to help baits run better. You know, I, I'll tell you right now, I know I know you guys use your three-odd hooks on your actors. Uh, when I get them, I stick on a four-odd hook. Yeah. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I fish them fast enough that they don't really suspend more than, you know, I get right next to the boat. They'll suspend for three, four, perhaps four seconds. I'm impatient. So the rest of the retrieve, I'm ripping it, and I, I like to pick up. Yeah. Nice. I'm going to take one of my uh, replicas. I'm going to add a Lexan lip to it. There you go. I'm going to pull it behind the boat. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you'll get one to come up to spawn with it. 
Maybe. Yeah. But then would if I'm quick on the that, net. Todd, would you, I know you don't like big baits. Would you, would you run a 12 incher? I made fans for oh, yeah. I made him, I made him a big goldie. And, um, the whole time paying it, I go, I don't want to get this still because I know I was just, it's, it's something that I want to make for myself. Uh, yeah. So wait, wait! You no, didn't I mean, make two. I used to catch a lot of fish using that. You know, we we caught a lot of fish on bail. Uh, you know, twelve inch baits. I, I used to use them a lot more than I do now. I mean, what 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 happens to me now? And you know, I'm not doing all that much fishing by myself. I'm doing a lot of fishing with. I'm doing well. I'm not doing hardly any fishing by myself. And you know, those big baits are a lot more work for me trying to troll and run five, six rod. Uh, Keeping them clean, uh, you know what I mean. It's just so much more work that I have a hard time running them. Uh, I know no, when, I go to, when I go to Canada, I I run, you know, everything I run is a much bigger than I do around home here. I still get some fish on those larger baits, but uh, uh, it's just a lot easier to, to work with those smaller baits. It's a lot easier to get fish on often. Uh, I, I I really think you do get a few extra fish. They might not be big ones, but. Uh, and that's what I'm trying to do is put fish in the boat for everybody. Oh, for numbers, you're not going to fish yeah. straight bait. Hey, and I'll tell you right now, when you got to slow down the boat to reel a bait in, they're even stopping yeah. the boat. You know, that's the I know what plows, these 12 inches are that bad, you know, yeah. reeling them yeah. in. Hey, you can't cast them. I mean, I'm sure people people cast, you know, the two-pound bulldogs and stuff like that. I can't cast any 12 inches. I'm not, maybe Vance can. Yeah. Hey, it's so common for us to fish our past. 
Mm-hmm. You know, whereby, you know, I'll tell you right now, I go to Chicago, I'll pick out a certain lure and a certain color for a certain spot. Why? Because I've caught fish there. How often do, you know, does that help us and how often does that hurt us that we fish our past? Oh, yeah. That's right. There's no doubt. It can hurt, too. That's you deep. Know, sometimes it takes me a while to break away from that. You know, you go to Canada, like I said, we even go for a week and I'll spend, you know, the first day or two, you know, these are big lakes you go to and you go do this, this, and, these, and you're unhappy with what you're doing and then all of a sudden I'm out there trolling open water instead of pounding a weed or something and... But now it's Wednesday of the week, and we start catching fish, and it's time to go home Friday, you know. <laughs> but, you know, uh, it, it, I always liked when we used to go up there. I used to go for two weeks in a row, and that's when we really used to get onto the fish, you know. Uh, you can really put something together. And uh, right now, you know, you just go up there for a six-day trip or something. It's a matter of how quick can you get on those fish, how many can you get before it's time to drive back home. Oh, but you can't tell me the trips, the, the meaning to the Canada trip has changed. In the past, I'm sure when you were younger, thought it was fish, fish, fish. Now it's mm-hmm. like, all right, I can squeeze in a little bit. I don't, I, don't I don't have to break out the extra life vest and get the extra rods yeah. and rigs up. You know, I don't have the responsibilities of back home. You know, and that changes as we get older, I'm sure. And you probably enjoy it more. You, you oh, yeah. yeah. You do it more in your terms. You do more on your terms. When I went to Canada, yeah. I felt a relief. But I also felt that anxiety of what lure should I use. But I felt relieved when I just went down to one pole and was just kind of sitting there. I was like, oh, my God. This is fantastic. Hey, didn't, you, hey, didn't you look through your box and you pick out something that you had caught fish on before? Any time to try nothing new? Yeah. Yeah, that, that and... I, I, but I was really fighting myself. I was like, I need to take all this stuff up there. And you use three lures, the same four lures. Yeah, I I, I worked from yeah. from two boxes. Yeah. Hey Vance, I, I used to be one of those people. You go fishing, you got four boxes with you. I fish with people all the time. They got you got four boxes, you know, and you keep picking the same four lures, you know. And I have some, you know, really slimmed down. You know, I know I can go fishing with eh, half dozen eight lures and do as good as anybody else on the lake. You know, it's just confidence. I think I think fish, you know, colors will change, you know, depending on the sunlight, depending on cloud cover, depending on how dirty the water is. You know, but day in and day out, there's certain standards, you know, and I think you can do as good as anybody else out there. And you just got to go on, on, on trips like that. You, you got to pick what you, pick a couple and stick with it. It's always nice to look back and down and you think, boy, I got a lot of, Got a lot of backup outfits here, I can tell you that much. And a lot. <laughs> got like eight rods in a boat, and you go out and let one out. And Vance. <laughs> no, yeah. Vance, just one second. When you went to Canada, I've always dreamed of going to like Lake of the Woods. And for me, if I brought one lure, I'd bring like a, a top water. You know, were you able to fish any top water in Canada? I know a lot of times up there, the muskies will hold shallower, you know. And, and, uh, no, man, I. I had I had a limited time on the lake, and uh, I, all I did was I, I just trolled, you know. I I, I, gotcha. I had I had like fifteen hours on a lake. And, and you had to make the most. You had to scratch up a fish, and you did, and you found them. Oh yeah, yeah, we found a lot. Uh, Tell them how many. Eighteen. Hey, Vince, now I have a question. Have you ever heard the theory of, you know, when you're out there running, tied to run six rods? 
you know, when I'm out there, you know, running four rounds can be a lot, you mm-hmm. know. I've heard certain people say that if you have too many lures in the spread, it, it can be a negative. What are your thoughts? If you go to Canada and you stick fish like that, I mean, yeah. You understand what I'm saying, though, right? Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, I just think it's, yeah. I, you know, now I'm really thinking about that. I, I just think it was low pressured and whatnot, and uh, it was a different style of fishing that was presented there that day. You also had two big advantages that those fish have never seen on a troll bait before. <laughs> What's that? Project X. Project X. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> That's true. So you know, you bring like you you bring a uh, a different style, uh, and just hammer it out for a couple of days. You just pick with what you're comfortable with, and you know, I I think that's why I was on him so good for that that two day uh, trip. But you know, I, I I do think that you know, the more rods, better's your better's your, your odds. Uh, you can you, you can fish you know you can fish a little differently when you get down there. I mean, look, look it's just what Vance and I did. We were down there, cave run. You know, we're playing around, running a bunch of bait. But yeah, fishing. and I, and I, you know, but when when you're down to one rod, when you're in the tournament, you know, I said, Vance, we're going to get in there, we're going to rip this apart and get in tight, get yeah. up and down on the rods, and you know. You, you can do that. I've gone to Canada with, uh, you know, when I, years ago when my nephews were little and stuff like that. We, we sometimes there would be four of us go, and instead of everybody taking a boat, we just took my boat. I had two little boys sitting in the back. You know, it would be my dad and brother, or, you know, my nephew or something, or well, two of my nephews and one and my, my brother and father. And, uh, you know, now and I'm fishing where I'm normally fishing. I got two of my baits going, going outside, but I got two guys fishing out the back. So I, you know, I couldn't get as tight sometimes. I couldn't always get into where I really wanted to. It was just bearing there, there, you know, even on a even on a down rod with, you know, five feet of line out. You know, I had to watch what I was doing because they can't tip up and down the way we fish sometimes in there. You know, I mean, no, nah, but, but there were days where, like, someone would have a bait out the back. Maybe something I'm not used to running, you know, like a, you know, a, you know, a fat body or something, uh short line right in the prop wash and you know at the end of the day like, that dang thing went off six times you know and my uh, my rod only went off twice you know because that's where you know that's the thing about running the one the one pole or lots of times like man i'd like to see what i could do with this or that or throw a bucktail off over the top of those we you know just different things but uh you can definitely fish a little bit more you get more aggressive for sure when you're only running one pole I think Vance did a lot of that when he was up there in Canada. You get right into those weeds. Oh, absolutely. You know, you can, yeah, you can, you, you can be innovative with it. You, you know, you could, you could tuck in tight so easy as opposed to having a spread with all different depths and hitting different parts of the water column. It's pretty easy to get in tight and, uh, you. you know, tip that stuff up and it's fantastic. Hey guys, um, a quick question for you. Since I have some good people on the line, um, you know, Todd, Vance, Andy, you guys are knowledgeable people. Um, something that was once told to me is, is they're Canadian guys, and um, he's well known. But his trolling theory was this: he's talking about catching fish on the short line. He's saying, you know, if you're out fishing and you catch a fish on your short line, you know, that was your first bait through an area. Which means that, you know, that fish just, you know, hit first thing and came through a snap. And that 
to him, that's a sign, you know, that the fish are active. All right, and what this what this guy does then is then he's saying, I'm dealing with active fish. All right, so I'm going to shorten up the rest of my, you know, rods. The, the, the color of the lure doesn't matter that much. And I can actually increase my speed, you know, a half mile an hour. Since I'm dealing with active fish, I just got to get in front of them. Now, he's saying on the flip side, you know, if, if the fish hits the very last line coming through, so that fish has watched, you know, four or five, you know, other baits come through and picked off the last one. He's saying that, you know, that's showing that those fish are pretty neutral. They're not too aggressive. So lure color makes a huge difference. The type of lure, you know, you want to drop back your lines farther and you want to decrease your trolling speed a half mile an hour. Do you understand what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. What yeah, thoughts on that, guys? that my thought, my thoughts on that is out of the gates. That guy has time, you know. I'm 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 experienced with just limited time in an area, so I'm going to go with what I'm comfortable with. Uh, in in pounded, especially with just two ro- one yeah, or two rods on. Same thing you were doing. You're just going to repeat. You're going to do the same thing you were doing. I I. I probably I probably would 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 stick to stick to that. That's just how how I fish. That just works. It should work again. Very understandable. Those are those are some of my thoughts. Todd, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean that's a, that's a lot of thinking going into it. But I don't know that I I don't know that I think that much about it. I mean I just know the you know the days that you know there's so many days. I mean the fish are hitting and they're just hitting on first line through last line through. You know. So you're just going to repeat the process. <laughs> Let me you're repeat do the process. same thing. It's you're the, going to put it back 65 feet and then hit it 65 feet. I'm it, just saying, well, it's like the, that's what I'm going to do, the, and then I'm going to just keep running out. I mean, I will say, when they got, you know, there's times when they get to cracking really good, and, you know, we're getting hit after hit, or we're in something really good, you know, that's when sometimes I do think I, 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 I'll bump the speed up a little bit. But I, I don't think we can bump this. I don't think the bait can take enough speed. In my opinion, to even make much of a difference. So yeah, it, yeah, I got it. What's it, 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 the their tail, you know? Yeah, yeah. The what's difference the between difference? four and a half and four seven five don't make a, a rank. <laughs> no, no, no that's understandable. That's, yeah, yeah. That's that's yeah. That's, yeah, that's a lot of thinking about that stuff. Yeah, I mean, that that comes that comes uh, with with the 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 trip. The you know just the the fishing trip. Everybody goes on the fishing trip of the year. It's just like a it's a mind f from the beginning. From what my what's my tackle going to be? What rod am I going to take? How many baits am I going to use? What color am I going to use? And then once you're there in the thick of it and you're running these rods, you're just like oh crap. You know this one just hit it twenty feet. Did I miss the the fish that you know the bigger fish or any other fish that were if I had my lines at 60 feet or something like that, that's just like the whole thing that could... That's deeper, be, that's deeper than I get it. That's deeper than I get, man. I mean, it could. It, yeah. it, it, it gets you into like a, you know, just like a mind. It it, it messes with you. The, it, the trip can beat you. It is self-doubt is what it is. It's something we all battle. Why? Because it's a, a monkey is not perch. It's not bluegill. It's not smallmouth bass. Mm. So the reward, the reward per hour is higher. A lot of times we're spending out there half a day, and we don't have nothing to show for it except a clump of cabbage. 
Yeah. You know, so, so, hey, between that and the radio, you got nothing to do but look at your tackle box and wonder what you're yeah. doing wrong. And then, God forbid, you see a camera flash go off on another boat. Oh, my Lord, he let someone catch a fish in front of me and let <laughs> me have a bad day. I said, you want to talk about mind games, Dan? Mm. I am the worst. <laughs> I'll go through my buddy's tackle box. <laughs> yeah, and it, 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 it's just, you know, I mean, there's, you know, you, we, we talk about this kind of stuff all the time. You know, you, you, you go to lakes and people will say, they, they only hit small baits trolling real slow in this lake. Ohio, Ohio. Yeah, yeah, and that's not the case because you can catch them. I'm not saying it's not the best way to do it, you know, or you go no, somewhere. But hey, it's regional. Lake, yeah. even lake. Mm-hmm. But there's, you know, you can still do it. You, you, if you have your comfort zone, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I say you can't catch a big fish going over four miles an hour. Well, I say the difference there, too. I've seen tons of big fish get going over four miles an hour. You know, but it's just, and, uh, you know, you just go, uh, you know, once you find, you know, you get that question a lot when, when we're taking people out. I say, hey, you know, if we fish for like three, four hours and the muskies aren't fighting, uh, can we go try for walleye or something? No. And then I send it to people and other clients, and it's like, well, wait, three or four hours to see if they're fighting that fifth hour, we might get three, and one of them might be your, you know, 50-incher. I, I don't know whether they're – it's a different sport, you know. And, uh, you know, I think the guys that are, uh, you know, once they know, once guys are confident, once I know I can understand just getting started, you know. You sent me out there to catch salmon on Lake Erie or something that I've never done. I'm sure I'd be sitting there like, okay, do I go deeper, shallower, faster, slower, bigger, smaller? Yeah. <laughs> You know, I wouldn't know what the hell I'm doing because I don't do it. Never have done it, you know. But and and that's who you deal with a lot is people just trying to get started, and uh, you know you got to find a comfort zone somewhere. And I'm sure the first half of the day is just setting expectations that this is not walleye fishing. This ain't yep. you know this ain't salmon fishing. Here, this is a different thing. Yep. What do you think, Andy? About the we we got off topic about it, but what do you think about that? About first fish. Zach's question, yeah. Um, I think he's overthinking it. Um, even though it, was, hey, it, it, it came from a guy who's got only two fifty pounders. Well, I mean, off on the same person. Th- this is this is kind of like the way I look at it. Is that I've always kind of looked. Now I'm not the world's best troller. I don't get to troll that much. But your it, baits uh, work. My baits. Yeah. <laughs> you trolling hey, baits. Hey, we've, hey, I'm sure they trolled those raptors, and they <laughs> yeah. work as good as any fluid. And hey, if you if I had one bait, if I had lure, if I had a tournament that only had one lure, you know where you're limited to one lure. I would jerk bait. I jerk bait troll the south end of Chautauqua with a raptor. Jerk bait, jerk bait trolling is so deadly. If I see someone else, else, you know, if I'm out on the lake, it was, it was something that I grew up with. I think it was a it was a 1990s thing. You know, the jerk bait trolling. Mm-hmm. If I see someone doing that, I'm, I I have to do it myself. I I just think that it, that is the world's most deadly technique. And I've used those raptors. I've caught fish on them. Uh, You've won tournaments here, on them. I was, I was just going to talk about coming up here. We got our uh, New York State Muskie Inc. tournament, you know, coming up on my little lake. 
And uh, first thing I'm going to be, you know, last year we cleaned up. Last year when we were talking, you know, at the, at the end of the day, I was like, what were you using? What were you using? You know, and uh, I know you guys got a bunch of orders here from New York. I know you did. Yep, I shipped so a bunch up. Maybe not a bunch, but, you know, people in our club, you know, they're like, you're using that, you know? Yeah, well, it's so, not Baker uh, orders, but we're doing okay. <laughs> but oh, you guys are doing, you guys, heck, to, you know, we, we all share the same customers. Yeah. You know, and um, it's, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think we all should just be happy we're even involved in something there. You know, as kids, we all dreamed of. Yeah. It was it was more than a dream. If you would have asked me, you know, I think I'm going on nine years of bait making. You know, eight of that full time. You know, if you would have asked me when I first started, you know, where do you see yourself? I go, I'd just be happy to still do it. <laughs> you know, you since you guys have been around, and since you guys have been around, you've seen people come and go. You mm-hmm. know, so either you got it in you or you don't. It's, it's either who you are. It's like deer hunting. You're either deer hunter to your blood. Or, or you're not. You know, it's just the sort of people, you know. Yeah. Well, I, I want to finish up before people think that I just called this guy an overthinker. Uh, I, I would, I would, I tend to base my strikes on which hook did the fish get hooked in. I know that's that's not as... Hey, hey, but if it ain't that front hook, you know they're actively feeding. Hey, trolling, I think 80% of your fish are caught on that back hook, and that's just them swiping at the hook being curious. Yeah, that, that's kind of like the, the, the approach that I was looking at. But, you know, I guess if, if you were trolling, you know, I, depending on where you're at, if you're running six rods and the front down rod gets hit, you know, I, I can't, I'd have a hard time saying that that fish is more active. It might have just been, you know, right you're place, right time. Right. Or are you running the same bait on all the rods? Or are you running just one rod in Canada? To me, there's just too many variables to 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 make to pinpoint to say that front bait gets hit. It's this because yeah, those those fish is, could be Roman. Is one fish a, and we we've talked about that is one fish a pattern? You know exactly. I don't know. You know, but I know I know they, if yeah. if I get ripped on it, I'm like I'll go back through that when spot again start, and do the same thing. <laughs> you know? When you start playing with speed and line lanes, I mean that's the whole thing that's determining where I'm putting my bait. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, when we talk about, you know, I talk about this all the time with people. I know a lot of guys listening are going to totally think this is just boring because they understand that. But, you know, that's a big question. You know, how deep does that lure run? Oh, how deep do you want it to run? You know, I can grab a five-inch baker, and when I'm fishing the time in the spring, and I got five-feet line off, it's down about two. Uh when I'm fishing in the north end of Chautauqua and I got 90 feet line I think it's down in that 15 foot range. Uh, that's, that's what a lot of people I think have a tough time understanding is when do you short line troll? Yeah. You know, yeah. why do you why do you run a short rod? Well, usually I run a short rod because I'm fishing a really shallow water or I'm trying to get yeah. above the weeds. I'm fishing a short rod because I have to. Yes, exactly. I mean, if I, if I could run 90 foot of line and still get a foot down, I, I probably would. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and I have, you know, we have special lures where we fish in Canada that, that, that uh, you know, some lures that had some spec, you know, the same lure that we use, but they had shorter lips. And, uh, you know, I had this specifically made for that because I could let out 30 or 40 feet of line and I was only down there for two. 
Hey, isn't that neat about being a bait maker? Isn't that neat about being a bait maker or knowing a bait maker is you can have a bait made for a certain way, for a certain situation. You know, I do that all the time. I know if I have a trip going. Watch to what you're saying, Zach. Way, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tweak it, guys. I've, I've uh, just one topic that I've been struggling with this last week. I just want to know your thoughts. Um, is that cool? Hey, it's your Dude, podcast. Let's keep going. It ain't my podcast. I'm honored to be a guest. Let's get this. What are you talking about? Back. You're the one funding it. You guys, you guys have real people on there, you know, weekly. You know, who am I? I, I swear paint. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, <laughs> my question is, is, and this ain't to self-promote. It ain't to blow. But it started off as something really good, and then I was hit the other day. It was something that brought it down. Um, probably about three weeks ago. Um, in Ohio, it was during a high water time. Um, I had a guy, you know, someone that I've known, he's, he's one of the best fishermen. Him and his buddy, between them both, they got over 200 fish um, just on four inch bait that I make, which I hate making, by the way. Um, <laughs> his name's Greg, and Greg is actually one of the most, he's, he, he's, he's phenomenal. Phenomenal. Well, he caught. The biggest fish, I think it's in like the last 12 years of Ohio. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of good fishermen in Ohio. You know, you get Goldberg, you get Ted Martinez. It, it just goes on and on and on. The fishermen there are phenomenal. You get Pat. And, uh, you know, he, he catches this. I forgot how big it was. But it's the biggest fish in like the last 10, 12 years of Ohio. I, I remember seeing the so, photo of it. Giant. It was a big one for Ohio. You know, had it been St. Lawrence, had it been, you know, Nipissing, had it been, you know, anywhere else. They get being the same Ohio fish that we had. So it seems like, Todd, I'm sure, how many, you know, I'm sure you've seen a thousand fish out of Chautauqua. How many break the 50 inch mark? Very few. Yeah, like, they're very few. They stopped growing at like 48 and a half. Yeah. Yeah, one out of every couple hundred or 250 maybe for part I'd say 200 fish. <laughs> one out of 200. Hey, so there's a lot of excitement going on, you know, about that, you know. And then uh, earlier this week, he goes, yeah, I just mounted my fish. Well, the guy's a phenomenal tax service, and I didn't know that he kept the fish. Mm-hmm. All righty. Mm-hmm. You know, and then all of a sudden, I'm, well, I made a bait, you know, and they killed this old fish. The old fish is about 25 years old. You know, and it's just something that, you know, I remember I was clear coating in the morning. I got a certain routine. I do. I wake up, get my coffee, I go downstairs and clear coat. And then, you know, he messaged me, and Greg is phenomenal. I would never second guess the thing he did. You know, the guy's released, you know, more fish than I would ever see in my whole life. You know, and whether this fish died, or, you know, I know it was his biggest Ohio fish. You know, but the fact that you, you made something, it killed something. Mm. You know, uh, what I do you know. Hey, so, so Andy, you know, if you made a raptor and I go out and I catch a world record, you know, up on St. Lawrence this fall. Okay. You know, and I clunk it, and I clunk it right in the head. You know, what would your thoughts be on that? Hang that raptor in its cold, dead mouth and take a picture of it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the thing is, is this, is that it, it, it's a personal choice. That that's a that's a stocked fish, and you know right. you, you you can't what you know I don't know most people would have released it but put and take right it pretty much it's a put and take and 
It's no different than that tiger musky fishery. People kill an insane amount of tigers up there in New York. But it is, it's a stocked lake. You know, next year there'll be 5,000 more fingerlings swimming around there. Yeah, you know, how I, much I don't... Bigger, how, much, how much bigger is the fish going to get? How much... Yeah. I, and, and I know if they're swimming around. Obviously, I mean, we, we release them all. That's another question I get from guys. is like, hey, man, if we catch a big one, if I would get one over four feet, I want to get them out. Of them. I can't, we can't do that. And we're going to catch our lead. And uh, there's some guys that don't go because of that. I said, you know, here's a guy. We get replicas made. He does a great replica. I have one on display. I have photos of it. Show them. He's done, he's done six, probably five, maybe, for, for clients for me now in the last year or two. And, uh, uh, but, I, you know, I, we, I come from a different era. You know, I mean, I, they're, they're, hey, they're you, You're more old school. You got some of that old school in you. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to tell. I hope everybody puts them all back. I mean, we're, I'm going to do it too, but I used to, we used to eat them. So what? what, what <laughs> well, there's a reason. There's a reason why musky fishing is better now than ever. Right. Sure, because we release fish. But yeah. uh, you know, it's uh, it, was, it was just something that that got me. It was something that I. Were, were you worried about a question to myself? You know, so I had a huge high. We were at a little bit of a low where I was just, you know, I'm still going to make face. You don't think I'm going to make face, I'm going to make face. You know, but it was just something that got me. I mean, were, sure were you worried about the stigma, it. like, attached to it? Like, if he told what bait it was and the guy kept it, would you think it'd come back a backlash, or it was just a personal thing? Oh, I, I had, I, so, this last little bit, I've been trying to be on Facebook. I've been trying to socialize a little bit. Yeah. And um, I had, I know I had four different conversations with four different people, multiple, multiple, you know, back and forth, back and forth about that one fish. You know, why is he fishing this high water temperature? And at that time, I didn't know that fish was good. And not that I say it's not his right, you know, he is his right. That guy has put in probably 20,000 hours for that fish. You know, and uh, it's it's right, but I had to, I, the the messages and and how passionate people were, you know, I think it's a lot of the newer breeds, you know, when I was, when I, when I was growing up in in the back of my musky hunter, they used to have this ad for for a gas that was also a billy club. Uh, God, you're, you know what I mean. It was a different. It was a different era, and we're old school. You know, I'm, I mean, I, 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 you know, I've, I've seen that. I know it's never going to go back to that, but I think, I think it's, I think it is borderline overboard. You know, when you do get on their Facebook and you see someone holding it with a hold that's not acceptable by everyone. I mean, he's oh, a vulgar grip hold. I'll uh, say the word, vulgar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you're going to see a lot when you damn you. Just, that's the way it is, and we we have whole discussions on that. Tons of people use them. Tons of people use them under the closet. They keep them under their seat. They don't show anybody. But that, yeah, that's a whole other thing. Or just the way they're holding them, the way it's handled. I saw I, one with a, I saw one with a big name guy the other day pick the fish up, and the fish start shaking and. They jumped on him, and it said something like, that's no way to handle fish. The fish are shaking. It's like, some people responded. I don't get faulted. I just look and 
Hey, those fish are so strong. I don't care if you had muscles like Dan. Hey, you just gotta hug it. Hey, those are. But you're gonna wipe the slime off, you jerk. They're, they're oh, wild. Yeah. They're animals. They're strong, wild yeah. animals. Yeah. You know, sometimes the best you can do is barely hold on to them. What are you talking about? That's what I mean. And I, and I saw some people saying things like, "That's no way to handle fish. Look at the way they were shaking around." And like, what the? You didn't make the fish shake. I mean. You're doing the best you can. You're just holding on for the ride. What do you mean? Exactly. Hey, and what happens when we net these fish? You net a fish and, like, dude, just sit there still. This can be over real quick. And you reach down there and they do a barrel roll. Now you got a cluster ass to deal with. Oh, yeah. It was going to be so simple if the fish just waited that one second so you could just get that hook out. But, you know, there's nothing we can do that's fishing for them, you know? Fish are going to die. We talked about that many times, too, you know? Hey, uh, Todd. Sure that's not the first one that's died in the of your bait. Uh, hey. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Hey, two things I want to say. One of them is a lure I should talk with named Skull Crusher. It's from your buddy there, Chris Demery. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. he, he's sitting there trolling. Rob goes off, and all of a sudden, it's just dead weight. Mm-hmm. Like, takes it up, he reels it in. Well, don't you know this little, like, 32-incher, he, he stuck himself right in the brain with a hook? <laughs> he reels in a dead fish. Hey, dead on impact. What are you supposed to do? You got to unhook it. You got to unhook it, and then you got to drop it to the bottom of the lake, and then you just got to go on and pretend it never happened. What are you, you yeah. going to do? Yes, I've had it happen many times. <laughs> hey, yeah. one, of my, one of my personal, uh, someone who's inspired me a whole lot on how to be a better person was Jim Burr, Todd. You're, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're intimate with him. He told me that if we really, really cared about monkeys, we wouldn't fish for them. Yeah, that's right. You know, and I sat there, I sat there, and Jimmy told me so many jokes. I wasn't sure if he was joking with me, is he being serious? <laughs> You know, but he goes, think about it. We're putting hooks in their face and their gills and their eyeballs. We're ripping their cheeks apart. You yeah. know, if you really cared about muskies, like a lot of these people that talk about, oh, you weren't holding them right. Oh, you didn't, you know, have them in a perfectly horizontal hold. If we really cared about muskies, we wouldn't fish for them. That's right. Sounds like. They're very influential. I've told 50 people. You know, the, that quote, if we really cared for muskies, we wouldn't fish for them. Yeah. It sounds we're like... concerned about them. Yeah. yeah. We're concerned about them. We want the best for them. We, we love can... to enjoy. It's a, it's a gift from Mother Nature. It's something that we're passionate about, but it's a gift. We like yeah. to share it. We like to enjoy it. We want it to flourish. It's no different than growing your garden. You want yeah. it to do well, <laughs> but you know in the end what's going to happen. You're going to chop off the fruits and then rotatill the remains. <laughs> you're going to heat it up and you're going to crap it out. <laughs> hey, going back to that big fish, did that? Did he intentionally kill it or did it die on release? Or did he tell you? I, I cannot comment. I do not know. But the, he's a taxidermist. He's a skilled taxidermist. And he's got, he's got a small mouth on the wall. He's got a wall that I could only stream up. I don't have a... Oh, don't even wall. say that. you got a wall of just... It looks like Cabela's I in your basement. I got deer, but I don't have any big mosques. You got... My, my, dream, my dream of... I had a 49-inch die on me. We're talking about that fish. 
maybe about, it must have been nine, ten years ago, I was fishing my little pothole next to me in my 900 acre lake. Well, don't you know, I catch a, I think it was a 50 and an eighth incher. Well, I was so thrilled to catch my 50 incher, you know, I put in my time for it. And it was on the first foil bait I had ever made. Well, don't you know, it was, I think it was like September 7th. And I had like 74 degree water temp. That fish would not release. Now, I've had tough releases, and I think if I catch a fish over 45 during the summer, you know, during the fall, they'll take right off. But over the summer, i got to sit there with them for a little bit. They're not the same 30 inches that will just take off. Mm-hmm. You know, and I sat there forever, and she wouldn't release, you know, and I did everything I could, you know, and I ended up getting in the water with her and everything, and uh, she wouldn't release, you know, kind of going belly up. I tried everything I could. So she died on me, and uh, I did, I couldn't take a knife to it. You know, I know a lot. You know, people would eat no. it. People, I I just couldn't do it. It's a personal thing. So I drop it off to the taxidermy place. You know, this and the other. But I find out it was like eight hundred dollars to get the thing mounted. Yeah. Well, my <laughs> dream is to have like a a fifty-eight inch St. Lawrence fish. You know, yeah. so I donated it. But it it happens. Fish die. You know, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, they say in Indiana, Indiana alone, I was reading a musky hunter, had 30% mortality. Do you think that that is actually real? Can you have a sustainable fishery with, I mean, it's stocked, but with 30% mortality? Those guys down there, those guys down there run a lot of lives. So if you're casting, so you know you guys cast, those guys down there will run like four bluegills under trouble hooks. You know, that's not talked about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That number seems high to me. What was that, Andrew? That number seems really high to me. So, pretty much, you catch... Doesn't it seem high? It seems like there'd be so many dead fish at the bottom of the lake, there wouldn't be any left. Hey, but Indiana, they've got, what, one or two good lakes, and they get hammered. (laughs) I mean, you know, you think about it, you catch, you know, you catch... You're losing one third of the fish you catch. Yeah. At that yeah, point, wouldn't you think you would just be catching a whole bunch of thirty inches, and there mm-hmm. wouldn't be any? Yeah. I mean, statistically, I'm it's you, it was terrible. Published. I read it. Oh, yeah. I read it. Yeah. It's, it's. I mean, there's. You know, as, as you said, man, you, you either. You, everybody does their best. You do their best thing. I'm an open. The internet. I. 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 I admit. I. Everybody knows I'm a BOGA user. Um, I, 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 I'm going through, yeah, I go through therapy for it, but I still can't kick the habit. But, you know, go to I, meetings I, for you, it. You, you, you get Todd Young, fish I'm a BOGA that user. That you catch over and over and over again. I mean, there's fish that you get to recognize when you fish as much as dance and I You're rotten tail fish, right? <laughs> oh yeah, there's, there's, there's yeah, the one with the face all messed up. Yeah. Hey, I had a buddy, I had a buddy catch the same tiger. Uh, I think it was two or three days apart. It just happened like two days ago. I had the same I saw uh, that on the Baker thing. Yeah. Hey, isn't that funny? Hey, you catch the same fish. I've heard of the same fish getting caught uh, twice back to back days. Yeah. Ain't that funny? I've always yeah. heard that once they get caught, they go out to the middle of the lake, they stick to the bottom, they sit down there and pout for a month. Sore lip theory. They really don't. They're uh, eating. It ain't any different than a dog. You know, when they're hungry, they eat. They're, they live yeah. by instinct. You know, they're not. They're, 
I'm sure they think, I'm sure they've been conditioned, you know, if you've been caught five times on the same, you know, rattle bait, well, you stay the hell away from it. But, yeah. you know, it's, 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 a, it's a deer, it's a dog, it's a raccoon, it's a, it's a habit of nature. And uh, I think that's why we enjoy it. That's why we enjoy it. You know? Oh, yeah. The internet is like, uh, the, you know, so, some of it, it, you'd think these people that are trolling the pictures and stuff, they're PETA members hmm. with uh, what they say about the bogas and the holds. and They post hey, up a... Hey. Go ahead. Okay, my, my eight-year-old son, he's just now, you know, he grew up, you know, fishing in my, my dad's farm pond. There with this three-inch Yamamoto's, if you don't catch six fish and eight casts, he's mad. <laughs> you know, so he's just starting to show our interest in what is this monkey thing you do, Dad? You know, so next year I'm going to be taking him. I'm going to take him to Chautauqua. And hopefully I get to take him with Todd. You know, hopefully he gets <laughs> Take him with him. You know, it would always be fitting. Oh, yeah. But do you think I'm going to have him stick his, his hand? Todd and I were just talking about this a couple of days ago on a personal phone call. Do you think I'm gonna have my kids stick his hand in the in the in the fish's mouth? No, and I expect two hands, one in each gill. Absolutely, absolutely not. And if you, you know that's that's the thing, you're you're all protecting the fish. Sometimes I see the kids holding the fish. I'm like, that thing had to hey, hit the floor can, of that we can boat. We preach this and that, and thou better art, you know, and you know who's you know whatever. Hey, when it comes down to it, if I take my girlfriend out. Uh, and then she was lucky enough last year with Todd to catch a fish. Did I want her sticking her hand in the fish's mouth, coming back, you know, putting peroxide on all these open cuts? No. Hell no. She's sticking her hand boga in it. And one of the best things I've ever seen, I was talking to Todd about this, over the summer people complain about high water temperatures. One of the best tricks ever taught to me is you, you stick it on like a six or eight foot rope, you know, you catch your fish. You know, you stick that boga right in its mouth, you unhook it, you drop it on the rope, so that fish is now six to eight foot under your boat. It's down in that cooler water. Alrighty, you're there, you get your camera, you get your rods cleared, you get everything done. You pull that fish up, that fish is so energized, it's not the same fish you release. I've had fish that I was certain would be dead. You know, I've reeled fish there, and you go, that fish is going to die. Yeah. You know, you just know it. You got to look. That fish, unfortunately, is going to die. You look at it. You drop it on that boga, you give it a minute. If you want to believe it, it's like Red Bull. Yeah, you got to you, you gotta, you gotta get the fish down it as deep as you can when you're releasing yeah, I remember, it. I remember a local guy up here at Chautauqua thinking about different ways to do it. He's talking about putting a, a lasso on a piece of PVC oh, and dropping them down Christ. 10 feet. No. You just stick a bug in their mouth that they ain't going anywhere. You throw it on a rope and you stick them down there. By the time it takes you to calm down after catching that fish, get everything clear and get ready for the picture, that fish is a different fish. It's amazing. Zach, Zach, what would you think if if you had a fish in the net and you brought out big bags of ice and put it in the the net? Do you think that would help? Well, I would be afraid of what it would do to the local ecosystem dropping the lake temperature of 25,000 acres, 7 to 8 degrees, tracking all the native fish and bringing them to the surface for the gulls to eat. I guess that would be... No, Andrew, you could 
sick, uh, you could stick a whole igloo cooler full of ice next to the fish ain't gonna make a difference. What do you think? Uh, I just wanted to hear someone's I think, opinion. I think someone had a great idea that went overboard. <laughs> Good do, Lord. do you know who we're talking about? Oh no. Andy, Andy, my last idea to cool down 25,000 acres, that didn't work out too well. <laughs> you know, and then, and then involves, you know, subatomic energy and blah, blah, blah. I don't really want to get into that. You know, conspiracy man. theories on how to cool the earth so my grass in my backyard doesn't grow. I don't you know. Yeah, the water testing, we don't have to worry about that now for next, until next summer. Hey, what do you guys think about it? Hey, people, people out in the Midwest, they say this, you know, I, I see it trolling. September, hey, June, July, August, I can catch fish trolling. You get these cooling nights that we just had, all of a sudden, trolling by goes, oh. You know, hey, yeah. it brings these fish into the weeds, you know. It, it, right now is when Dan and Todd, you guys will actually beat me. You know, if you guys are casting over the summer and I'm trolling, I feel like I can hold my own against you guys. You know, um, at least on numbers. Uh, but this time of year, when the casters start, you know, the trollers, their numbers go down in September. Mid-September, well, I'm a troller. That's who I am. I drag bait. Well, I'm smart enough. I'm not naive. I know that come mid-September, these cool and nice, I got to break out a damn jerk bait and charge a troll motor battery. You know, uh, what do you guys think? Do you think that these first cooling nights of, of you know, I mean, bring the fish yeah. out? People, people in the Midwest say this is the time they fish top water. I, well, I mean, there's, there's some time, some, some years for sure. We're going to find out here because we're going to be fishing a lot coming up starting Tuesday. And we'll see God they say inside weed line. So. You know, this is the one time of the year they say you fish the inside of the weed line. That's three foot of water. Mm-hmm. What, what are your thoughts? Do you find fish shallow? I, don't, I think I think if I found yeah, I, the inside weed line, I'd be running into a dock right now. I'd get my boat You're stuck. What? I think if if I found an inside weed edge, it would be into somebody's dock right now. It's it's pretty stacked. Uh, hey, on the here's, lake. Here's another right. here's another pattern. What do you guys think about once they pull the dock? Underneath the dock, the weeds are as thick. Okay. What do you think about once they pull the dock, that creates a highway for the fish? I found that on my own little lake. You know, when they pull the docks, where those docks were, since they were shaded all summer, they don't have the weed growth. They're, they're, they're perfect camping lanes. Do you I, understand? Yeah, I, I would probably have to say that it varies from lake to lake based on how quickly that, that the it goes into deeper water. You know, if you have a lake that takes 300 yards to get you to six feet... You know, yeah. you, you, you might not... make any difference. Yeah. You know. Yeah, right now, most of the docks, like, where we're fishing, like you said, every, all the lakes are different. That's the one thing about Lake Chautauqua. You're saying to how you're, you know, the guys you're talking about in September, I've had some really good troll bites in the South Basin in September. Some of the best trolling that I have every year comes in. And that's the South Basin, you know. Now, you know the way Chautauqua is. It's, it's South Basin is totally the oddball. That's the yeah. oddball to me. Yeah. There's two totally, two totally different lakes. You know, right now, I can't even do boatside pickups at Chautauqua with people because it's down, you know, 
it's not down that much, but it's down eight, ten inches, and I can't even get in there. I can't even get in and drop people off because my motor's hit the bottom mm-hmm. on most docks. You know, that's just, uh, you know, every way different. I can definitely see that, you know. You know, getting in there, I'm sure, I mean, the bass fishermen probably love it uh, on, on some of those lakes. I don't know if where I'm fishing it makes that big of a difference because I'm only in a couple feet of water at most. But I'm sure that there's fish in there. They get caught. So, Todd, you had told me that this year was an atypical year for Chautauqua. You said you've been hit with your ups and downs with it. What do you think has caused that? Is it just nature of cycle? You know, is it, is it, yeah, I think it's a cycle. Yeah, I think it's definitely a cycle. We had two really easy years of fishing the lake. Weeds were so minimal. You could just go troll. You didn't have to wind in. The baits were working all the time, so the trolling was more effective. When you did find nice green weeds, the fish were stacked in them because it was so limited. Uh, right now, you know, uh, if it's like if pull in and find some weeds, that's not hard to do. Now fish. And, uh, you're bumping into fish here, there, haven't found any real big, I've never found any concentrations like I'm used to finding on the lake. Uh, hard to find open water bait fish so much jammed in the week. <laughs> the lakes definitely go cycles, you know. I think it was 2000, man, probably about 11 or 12, 11 maybe is when I met Andy. I mean, that lake, you know, all these guys had camps up there and campers and guys that catch a lot of fish. You know, come this time of year, September, they're like, okay, I'm done. I might even sell my camp. Something's wrong. There's no fish in here. Well, those fish were in there. All these fish we're still catching now that are 40 inches and 38 inches, they were in there just a few years ago. They were 30 inches, 30, mid 30. You know, we just weren't catching them. I mean, it does go in, you know, it goes in cycles. There's a huge, there's just a ton of bait fish, and, uh, and we're getting opportunities every day. It's just, you know, our good days, we're getting, half as many opportunities as we were getting on the good days. So let me hey, let me tell everyone Todd's half of his opportunities are my good days. Hey, he went out there, he's been catching fish and he goes, sorry, it's slow. He's like, what are you talking about? I have time with my life. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, Todd, Todd has had too many ten fish days for anybody's business to fish <laughs> I blame it 
strictly on Ohio strain muskies. If we had leech-like strain muskies, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Now, years we get two or three over 50, you know, but that, that's you know, the reality of it. We're like, yeah, well, that's going to be, that's a nice goal to start the season with. Uh, we can try another one. <laughs> that's the reason I'm interested in the St. Lawrence. It seems like yeah. one out of three fish, one out of four fish. You know, it goes back to Canada where I started on the French River. One out of three, one out of four fish. I'd say one out of four. You're going to be yeah. pushing that 50 incher. Hey, and but you're going to spend 40 hours per per fish. Oh, you're yeah. going to catch one fish every three four days. I mean, the numbers. <laughs> yeah, total different mentality. I mean, it's fun. It's fun. Like you said, it's different going to those bodies of water. It's fun going to them. I guess, one of the Georgian Bay. Yeah. I guess it depends how many fish you caught. How many 30 swim fishers have you caught in your life that you say, I don't, you know, yeah. hey, I guess it's when you start unhooking 36 fishers in the water and you don't measure them. That's mm-hmm. probably about the time that you're ready for a new body of water. But what sucks is you're dealing with populations that are a quarter of a fish per acre. You know, yep. Chautauqua, I know Chautauqua is managed to one fish an acre. You know, just by dealing with musky ink and dealing with mm-hmm. the fishery and this and that. You know, you, you, we get a, a sister lake, I, which I can't mention, but Todd, I've told you a hundred times when mm-hmm. we go there, the sister lake has managed it, I think it's four or five fish per acre. It's like northern pike fishing. Yeah, yeah. It's like northern pike fishing. You know, when I, when I uh, next year, when I take my son, you know, he's, when I take him out musky fishing, I'm going to take him out to the Chautauqua Sister Lake. I'm going to give him, you know, a little uh, a Rapala. And I'm going to take him to a place that's stocked for four to five fish per acre. Yep. And he's going to go out there and he's going to catch 32 inches. And he's going to be happy. You know, yep. um, there's, there's an amazing, I call it New York State's gem. You know, right around the corner from Chautauqua. And uh, it's one of my favorite places to fish. Nice. Well, we're we're approaching an hour and ten minutes, Zach. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about? Hey, just what a pleasure it is to be involved with, you know, a great group of knowledgeable people. You know, Andy, I call you the most knowledgeable person, you know, in Monkey Fish. Andy, you got a brain on you that is different than everybody else. And uh, by the way, I'm gonna need I need some forty five degree rod holders, by the way. Got a new boat, got an outfit. Hopefully, I can use my connection to soften the blow on some. I already got my Don Easters, you know. I just need, I just need the machine part for me, the forty-five degree. I, uh, and, uh, I, hey, why don't, why don't you make tricks too? You can machine everything else. Because it's to, to be honest with the, we've looked into it and it's. For the volume we deal with, it's cheaper just to buy it from someone who's already buying 10,000 pounds of extruded aluminum in that and running it on their machines. I got you. Hey, but after this phone call, I do need two of the 45-degree around. Oh, gosh. You know, we just got done making 99 of them. I literally... You should have made 101. Andy, 99, that's an odd number for you. Well, uh, the, 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 the reason 99, number. they scrapped one of them. Oh, they had to scrap one. Okay. They, they scrapped one. It was a setup part. Yeah, I know a number like that was not. Yeah, I, actually, okay, I have 99 and a half. 
but no one wants a half a broad holder base. <laughs> it's one part, okay. Andy, I don't know. I might be able to rig it. I might be able to rig it up. <laughs> it's a good thing to order, too, because you can only sell them in even numbers. Hey, yeah. I at least know in my lure making 10% of the wood I buy goes to scrap, so you're doing a lot better than I am. <laughs> yeah. You're at a half percent. I'm at 10%. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, that's what I, at least with swimmers, I tell Todd, we lose about 10% on the rubber baits. It just, just... What happens? That some I of them know just, nothing about rubber. It's, it's Chinese to me. It's foreign. Well, <laughs> you know, because they're paddle tails. I Don't test... be laughing at my racist jokes. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, uh, the paddle tails, I, I, I test them all because sometimes, for whatever reason, they just don't swim. And then with, through the paint process and stuff, they're harder to hold on to. I'll drop one every once in a while just because I'm holding on to them with a pair of pliers. And they just, about, you know, 10% is the average that I lose when I, you know, make a batch. So, you know. Well, I'll tell you right now, when my girlfriend Cass, you know, that's on her, that's on her pull 99% of the time. They're they sweethearts. <laughs> they, they just work. When you get the ones that wobble... They just wobble and they eat them. They don't nip them. It's the only lure I've ever seen. They eat them like live paint. Hey, it's like a banjo male. <laughs> I'm a flying lure guy. <laughs> we were talking about it when, when we were fishing. Uh, I was fishing with Zach last year, his girlfriend there, and we were talking about that. She they, they, they sometimes they just eat this thing. So if you feel something, so she says, I think I got one. And Zach and I both looked over. Rob was bad. Rob was bad. Then we saw, finally saw the flash. Yeah, you got one. And that sucker came in. And, hey, it's one of those lures that, that you feel after after being, you know, monkey fishing for a long time, you think, you know, I, the rubber, you know, especially a swim bait. You know, you think you're, I don't know how to say it. You almost feel like you're too good for it. Do you yep. know what I mean? <laughs> I do. <laughs> No, you know what I mean? Yes, like, I do. Oh, why would I, that's the amateur. Hey, straight out catch fish. Hey, sometimes you feel like you're too good to do something. Hey, you're talking about that. That I know that if I personally would have given my time to that lure, especially in that bigger size, hey, I would have caught a lot of fish. Hey, but it's, it's, it's like an ego issue. <laughs> I don't know why it is. It's because it's a simple bait. It doesn't job it does what it's supposed to do and i guess that's the issue with it is that you don't have to jerk it you don't have to rip it you don't have to it does what it's supposed to do yeah. it's so easy that girl scouts can do it hey but that but that is uh, that's the issue with it andrew i think if a lot of if more people fish that Ian, it would be a lot more popular there's no there's no reason they can't catch as many fish as a bucktail. Not one reason. It's not more. Yeah, it's it's probably the most versatile bait we got. Really, well, what it, you think? You think you would make a thousand of them? But a lot of people, you know, we we hold this elitist attitude. Yeah, we do. So yeah, I wish that back and force using sometimes. I really do. I mean, Todd, when, you, when, when you're out, who do you hand those to? Usually people with inexperience. Yeah. Why? Because you know they're going to work. People, yeah. you know, that have experience, you're going to hand them a raptor. 
I think we went like four trips in a row where Todd and I had walleyes in like the 27, 28, 28 inch range hey, each hey, trip, back to back to back. Hit a musky bait, they started 27 inches. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, well, we're, we're met, we're, yeah, we're, you know, we, we, we had them on the bump board. The one, bump the one, we, me and Todd I met up. 31 inch one day. I go, this is too big to kill. <laughs> Todd had one laying there at the end of the day. We were taking care of our boats, and he's standing in his boat with his big smile on his face, and he's looking down. And I look at I look it's at the bump board. There's just yeah. I'm like, damn it! You caught one at the at the end of the day. You could keep that one. Something big enough to get cut and cheat me that she can get out of. Wiley that Jim Burr sent me when it was one of the original Wiley's. It was 
I don't know, maybe five inches long. It's all cracked, you know. It looks like it's from the 70s. I got a few baits I hang up in on it. I'll never fish. But we got this one-eyed, you know, sloppy swimmer. Orange, orange, like a jelly, like a jellyfish, yeah. Oh, Lord, she's barely, hey, she's barely orange anymore. She's more yeah. like rust orange. <laughs> Zach, where, where can people get your baits at? <laughs> if I can make them, you know, it seems like I, I make baits six and a half days a week, but I never make enough. <laughs> um, I try to I try to keep Rhino Outdoor stocked, but they're stocked for like three days a month. Um, I, I had a buddy that did make a uh, Facebook group. It's called All About Bakers. You know, it's uh, different people that help support you know, this basement maker, and um, let me do what I, you know, and uh, I'm very lucky to do what I do. You know, I can only name a, a couple full-time builders, you know, and I'm one of them. And uh, I couldn't do it by myself. I can't do it with just a retailer. I do it with the people listening to this show. I do it to the people spreading it word of mouth. I listen, you know, to people, and I try my best. And um, it's an effort. I'm not meant to do it. Uh, where can you get my baits? Rhino Outdoors, maybe All About Bakers. Uh, but one of my favorite things to do is meet people at shows. You know, there's so many, Andrew, I'm sure, and, you know, you guys, you hear so many names. And then when you're able to put a face to the name, Oh, yeah. so much, it makes it so much better. There's so many conversations in this age of cell phones, text messages, Facebook, Instagram, blah, blah, blah. We don't get to know each other. And that's the reason I enjoy the phone calls. You're going to be going to Musky Max again this year? That's what I was going to get to. Okay. I, that's why I enjoy the shows. Even, the, even though the shows are overwhelming to a simple person like me. I, li I like to shake hands. I like to say thank you for helping me and my family out. Um, this year, I signed up for Chicago. Ooh. To me, that is, that is like going to the Super Bowl. Um, I heard a maker once say, if you make it to Chicago, you've done good for yourself. Well, this year, I'm going to try it out. I'm going in 50 tone. I don't know what to expect. Right. This year, Ohio. I hope split my booth with you guys. Uh -huh. I know I know Andrew and I talked about maybe splitting the booth, working something up. I hope the star, the moon, you know, the sun all aligned and I'm able to be down there. 
Mm-hmm. Just for Musty Max. That is that is my core group. That is what let me do what I do. Those guys down in Pittsburgh. I associate that with Jim Burr, you know, and helping me out and Todd yeah. Young. That is the reason I still make bases because of people in Pennsylvania. I will go to that show as long as I make bases. That's what I enjoy the most. Even though it's hectic, you shake hands, you deal with people that they meet to face. What's so funny is when I meet people, they say, oh, I was expecting a 60-year-old man. I go, oh, sorry about that. Then they realize they deal with my pulse bus. Perfect. Yeah, so if you want to meet Zach, get there early, because he's usually gone in like three hours after everything sells yeah, out. Don't expect much, because I ain't nothing special, you know. So, <laughs> hey, I'm just lucky to, to do what I do, you know. Um, if you put me in a 40-hour-a-week, punch-the-time-clock job, I would struggle right now after being able to live a more free life, and that is because of the musky industry. And I'm very appreciative. I've got my feet on the ground. You know, there's no big head about me. I I know why I do what I do, and it's because of the people listening. It's because of the Todd Youngs. It's because of the dances. You know, using <laughs> these, these pieces of wood that I cut out of these big, you know, eight-foot boards. You know, and then I sit there, and I'm listening to music, and I'm painting, and I'm in my own world. Because of you guys, you know, I'm able to do what I do. And, I, and I'm very lucky. That's awesome, brother. That's awesome. awesome. Well, <clears throat> hey, 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 but without you guys, you know, my, I wouldn't have clothes. You know, I'm a kid. I'm sure I'd be working. Jesus. I'm sure I'd be doing something. But I, I want to be happy. You know, the, the happiness per hour is insanely high. <laughs> I love it. That's what it's about. You know what I mean? Hey, I'm not punching the clock. I'm not miserable. I'm not driving home to the old lady saying, forget about your day. You know, go home and be a dad. I've been there. I've done that. I'm able to work from home. You know, this is... I'm not rich. I'll never be rich. But it allows me to go deer hunting for a month. There you go. That's awesome. I love it. So this podcast is brought to you by Baker Bates probably heard a lot about them this show it's also brought to you by fatty z musky products fatty z musky.com <laughs> on facebook and uh muddy creek fishing guides mcfishingguides.com st croix rods best on earth uh jeez vance you almost took your eye out i did keep going don't forget the rod holders i need two rod holders don't worry we'll hook you up um thanks for listening good luck fishing <laughs>